Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays. I know if you are, like me, a Tennessee Volunteer fan, it is a good Monday because the Vols have beaten Florida, A&M, and Arkansas. What a crazy ending. Miami and Texas not back. Minnesota, 4-0 and on fire in the Big Ten. We will discuss USC survives, Pac-12 contenders, all of that and more, plus the Atlanta Braves. They visited the White House as they prepare for their series against uh, the Washington Nationals. I got SEC power rankings. I got my outkick top 10. All of it ready for you right now. And I want to start off the game, the weekend, my location. I was in Knoxville over the weekend uh, where Tennessee finally, at long last, beat the Florida Gators. Tennessee has been 1-29 and in the last 30 games against Alabama and Florida. These are the two rivals upon which the Vol program is measured. Nobody's beating Alabama, but Tennessee's had a chance to beat Florida a lot of years, and most of them they have choked. They almost gave it away. The last minute and a half of this game aged me 10 years. Onside kick getting getting, uh, uh, caught by Florida. Gators getting possession and having a chance to win it all was crazy. Tennessee should have gotten the first down, ended this game with a minute and a half, and, by the way, covered. They did not, but they did get the win 38-33. couple of things here. Uh, Hendon Hooker is a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate and contender. What he has done with Josh Heupel since taking over this job about 15 games ago is truly incredible and uh, does not get enough attention at all. Um, and so he performed and played at an incredible uh, level, particularly because he did not have his first round wide receiver talent with him, Cedric Tillman. But Anthony Richardson for the Florida Gators played one of the greatest games I have ever seen a quarterback play in person in a college football game, threw for over 400 uh, yards, ran for two touchdowns, and over 60 yards rushing. He was a warrior. And after week one in his performance against Utah, I said that Anthony Richardson reminded me of Vince Young and also of Cam Newton. And then when he didn't play well in week two and three, everybody came chirping back at me like, what are you talking about? Do you doubt it now? I believe in the final eight weeks of the season, Anthony Richardson for the Florida Gators will put enough film out there that someone, if he continues to progress like he played against Tennessee, someone in the NFL is going to take him in the first round because of his unique physical talents and the belief that he could be an incredibly high-end NFL quarterback. I think by the end of this year, if he continues to progress, he's going to be one of the best college football quarterbacks out there. Uh, But... I don't know why they didn't use him hardly at all in week two against Kentucky. I don't know why they didn't use him hardly at all in week three against South Florida when it came to running the football because I think those read option plays and being willing to keep it, and I think he had 17 carries against Tennessee, the most carries he's had all year, uh, that helps to open up the passing game. But he was electric in the passing game. He converted a lot of third downs. Uh, Florida Gators went five out of six going for it on fourth down. Tennessee went 0 for two. Billy Napier coached to win this game in a really aggressive fashion. 
Uh, Florida Gators won seven out of eight times. If you count the five out of six, they got it. And the two times they stopped Tennessee going for it. Uh, It's what kept the game close. It was infuriating on the defensive side of the ball. Tennessee's got to get a lot better, particularly in the secondary. Thought they did a decent job against the rush. This is a big win. And for people out there who say, well, it's not a great Florida Gator team, listen to me. Tennessee has lost to a lot not a lot of not very great Florida Gator football teams. There is no such thing as a bad win against the Florida Gators. Uh, when you look at how bad Tennessee had been against them over the last 15 or so years, to get this win is huge. Vols now up to number eight, get a bye week, and then the news has just come out. We'll play at 12 Eastern at LSU. That is a benefit. Uh, 11 o'clock Central Time, local in Baton Rouge. That is an incredible home field advantage in Death Valley for LSU. LSU's on the road against uh, Auburn this week, so they got to take care of business on the Plains. But look, the reality is uh, LSU at night is a far more difficult environment than LSU at 11 a.m., and so I think Tennessee won out there. I think CBS got it a little bit wrong. Uh, I'm not sure that this primetime game against Texas A&M is actually going to be all that it's cracked up to be. I think there maybe are going to be a lot bigger games in the SEC later this year. Uh, But A&M and Alabama looks like it will be, or already is announced now, it will be an 8 o'clock Eastern kickoff, 7 o'clock in in Tuscaloosa. I will be there. I don't know if we've officially announced it yet, but uh, the OutKick uh, uh, group as well as the Big Noon kickoff hits. I'll be down in Tuscaloosa over the weekend. Going to take a couple of weeks. Going to take a couple of my kids and then head down to the beach from there uh, for fall break for the boys at school. This weekend, uh, I will be on the road. Never been before. I'll be at Clemson for the game against NC State. Cannot wait uh, for that one. Top 10 tussle there in uh, ACC country. Uh, So we will be with Big Noon kickoff at Clemson uh, over the weekend. Should be a fun one to see, given the fact that Clemson was very fortunate to get past Wake Forest over the weekend. I'm not sold on the Tigers as a top 10 team right now. Okay, A&M Arkansas. I think Arkansas is the better team. Uh, Came down to a final field goal for the Arkansas Razorbacks. 41-yarder directly off the top of the upright. This, by the way, is something we've been talking about and arguing about for a long time. I don't know why they don't have uprights that go up longer because the question I asked, and I wrote about it in the starting 11, what would have happened? Imagine standing underneath the goalpost and trying to call that kick good or not good without the post extending further up if that kick had just been about two feet higher. By which I mean you would not be able to really tell whether that kick was good or not because it went directly over the top of the goalpost like nothing I've ever seen before uh, and hit the top. But if it had been like two feet higher, it would have been almost impossible to judge whether that kick was good or bad for whoever was standing on that side underneath the goalpost. That is a really, really difficult scenario to find yourself in. And I don't even know if you reviewed it a hundred times whether you'd be able to tell if the goalpost didn't extend further into the air. Big win for Jimbo Fisher. Uh, Helps take the pressure off. I actually think the Aggies are going to lose at Mississippi State this weekend in Starkville. Uh, So I think CBS is going to have a, to my opinion, two-loss Texas A&M team rolling in uh, to, uh, to Alabama with the Crimson Tide looking for revenge. 
And Alabama's probably going to be a three-touchdown favorite in that game against A&M. So I think CBS made a poor choice uh, picking A&M at Bama as their primetime game for the season. Uh, Arkansas. Still think Arkansas Razorbacks are a 9-3 and three team. I think that A&M probably finishes 8-4. and four. Uh, But if you're a Razorback fan, that was uh, about as brutal of a loss as you can imagine. I was watching it uh, from Market Square in Knoxville with my son and a couple of friends, uh, Katie uh, McDuffie and also Steph Odie, um, after the game. We had an amazing time. Thank you to everybody in Knoxville. I got to take my 12-year-old to that game, Florida, Tennessee. The crowd was electric. It's as loud as I've heard Neyland in almost forever. Incredible celebratory atmosphere after the game. Um, and uh, I met a ton of you. We had fun down with the Vol Navy. I think we will be back up in Knoxville probably uh, for the Tennessee-Alabama game, uh, which will be on October 15th and looks to be, man, if Tennessee could somehow beat LSU in a couple of weeks, and be 5-0 and with the Alabama Crimson Tide coming to town. Uh, Tennessee has not beaten them since Nick Saban got there. Alabama's still a better team, I think. But home crowd, ridiculous environment. Uh, it could feel like the third Saturday in October, uh, which we haven't had in a very long time, that sort of incredible rivalry feeling. Josh Heupel has got Tennessee on the comeback trail. I think Tennessee's probably going to win nine games this year. Uh, we'll see what happens. Alabama, Georgia, going to be difficult to beat. Uh, and it wouldn't stun me if Tennessee lost one more along the way. But having the opportunity to talk about 9-3 and three or 10-2 and two in year two of Josh Heupel, given where the volunteer football program was just a couple of years ago, is an incredible testament to what uh, Josh Heupel has been able to accomplish. Vols feel like they're back. Not only because of this year, uh, because Joe Milton is sitting there in the wings. I think he could be a good quarterback next year. Tennessee has one of the two or three best quarterbacks in America uh, in Nico Amalavea, uh, already committed for next season. Should finish with the top six, seven, eight uh, recruiting class overall. And the momentum is pretty phenomenal for the 2024 and 2025s as Tennessee re enters the top 10. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Uh, Minnesota, PJ Fleck and company. I don't want to overlook what you guys are doing. Minnesota has won every game this year so far by 27 or more points. Went on the road and smoked uh, Michigan State. Michigan State falling back to mediocrity very, very quickly. Uh, Minnesota rolling right now. Uh, If you look at what the Golden Gophers have left on the schedule, they only have one game against a top 25 opponent. It's not crazy to expect that they will be in Indianapolis as the Big Ten West representative. Now, I'm not a big fan of divisions in college football, and it appears the three best teams are likely in the Big Ten East, Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, Penn State. But Minnesota looks like they're going to be the representative on the Western side of uh, this conference, and only one top 25 team in Penn State is possible possible that Minnesota could be sitting at 10-2 and or 11-1 and when this year finishes, which would be a remarkable year for P.J. Fleck and company. We talked about the fact that cautiously, it feels like Tennessee is back, at least back in the context of winning eight or nine football games and being a top 10 program out there right now, which is what they are. Miami, not back. MTSU goes on the road, beats them by 14. 
Tough loss for Mario Cristobal in year one. Huge win for MTSU. Meanwhile, Texas. Longhorns almost beat Alabama. Everybody's convinced that the Longhorns are back. Not so fast. They went on the road against Texas Tech, and they get the win. The Red Raiders do in Texas Tech. Pretty monster win there uh, as you break down exactly what is going on. Miami, Texas, not back. Tennessee Volunteers, by the way, congratulations to MTSU. Congratulations, Texas Tech. Miami and Texas, not back. Pac-12, USC survives late on the road against Oregon State. Utah continues to win. Oregon continues to win. There are right now, I thought this was interesting when I was looking at the numbers. Here are the national title odds right now. Georgia is the best team in college football in terms of likelihood of winning a championship. Uh, This is the Vegas odds most recently updated. Alabama right behind them. Ohio State right behind Alabama. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, we are told based on the odds maker, this is not my opinion, this is Vegas, uh, are the three most elite teams in college football. Then there's a big drop off. You got USC at 16 to 1. Clemson, who was very fortunate to get past Wake Forest at 16 to 1. Michigan at 30 to 1. Then you have Utah all the way back up, even though they lost to the Florida Gators at 60 to 1, followed by Tennessee, Penn State, and Washington at 80 to 1 to win the championship. That is the top 10 best teams, according to Las Vegas, uh, as we are sitting talking with all of you uh, right now. Now, um, wanted to tell you. I, of course, have got my starting 11. It is up. Try to get it up every single uh, every single Sunday. Got it up right before kickoff. Was on the road. May have some difficulty some weeks, depending on how far I have to travel back, how late the games are. For instance, I'll already tell you, October uh, 8th down in Tuscaloosa, that game's not starting till it won't be over till 11 o'clock. I'm going to have a couple of kids with me. I'm trying to get back and forth. Uh, to be able to, uh, to to watch that one and then get it written and then get driven down to the beach. Anyways, a lot of moving parts, so I'm not sure exactly what will end up happening there. But try to get it up every single Sunday. And one of the things I do is I give you my top 10. And I give you my top 10 based entirely on what has happened on the field, not what I expect to see happen there. And therefore, Georgia is my best team. Penn State which has won two games on the road against Power 5 Conference uh, 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 opposition, something that Purdue, the win over Purdue and the win over Auburn, something that not very many people have done. I got Ohio State up to three. That domination of Wisconsin spoke volumes to me. Uh, I've got Tennessee at four. Tennessee Volunteers, back rolling, got the win over top 25 opponent Pitt, held on against Florida, Anthony Richardson could not have played any better. I got the Vols at four. I've got Washington, the Huskies at five. Alabama, bumping them up slowly. They've been dominant every week except against Texas. We'll see what Bama does on the road against Arkansas this week. I've got USC at seven. Uh, Big win on the road against Oregon State. Kentucky at eight. We'll see how good the Wildcats are. I think, actually, 
Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss are going to get them this weekend in Oxford. I've got Minnesota at 9. I just talked about P.J. Fleck. And then I've got the Kansas Jayhawks at 10 just because I want Kansas fans to be able to enjoy being 4-0. Florida State would be my next team up, by the way. That is my outkick top 10 where I judge entirely based on the games that have been played, not based on who I thought was going to be good, based only on what we've seen on the field a third of the way through the football season. Now, SEC power rankings out there for everyone. I've got the Georgia Bulldogs one, Tennessee in second place, Alabama in third place, Kentucky and Ole Miss going head-to-head this weekend at four and five. I've got A&M at six after their big win over Arkansas, who I have at seven. LSU at eight. LSU goes on the road against Auburn. Be an interesting game to see this weekend. Mississippi State at nine. The Florida Gators at 10. South Carolina at 11. Vanderbilt at 12. Auburn at 13. And the team that I think is the worst in all of uh, the SEC right now, Mizzou, who choked away an opportunity to win against Auburn. I think Mizzou and Auburn are the two worst teams in the SEC. We had Brady versus Rodgers this weekend in the NFL. Brady only scored one touchdown late, went for the two-point conversion. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers get the win. Brady has almost no receivers. Everybody either injured or suspended uh, on the side of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Defensive under struggle. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers gets the win in what I think may be the two best teams in the NFC when they get their health status all taken care of. Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, against Aaron Rodgers. Biggest game uh, in the SEC, uh, biggest game in the AFC, I would say. Just talked about the NFC big contest. How about Tua going up against Josh Allen? Uh, the Miami Dolphins hosting the Buffalo Bills, and Tua and the Dolphins get the win. To get to 3-0, and everybody out there questioning to his arm strength, well, it helps to have Tyreek Hill and it helps to have Jalen Waddell. The Bills looked unbeatable the first two weeks of the season. Josh Allen and the Bills go down to Miami and the Dolphins emerge with the victory to get to 3-0 and in an epic early season battle in the AFC. Got to give a shout out to my friends, the Jags. The Jags have gotten up crazily to 2-1. and one. They currently lead, which is wild to think about, currently lead the AFC South at 2-1. and one. Uh, I thought that they performed at a phenomenal level. Probably the biggest surprise, 38-10 win on the road against the Chargers. Uh, otherwise, look, credit to Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons going on the road, getting their first victory of the season against the Seahawks. Uh, The Geno Smith love is fading rapidly. Ugly game late last night. The Bronco offense can't get anything working. They get the 11-10 win. We hit on the under there in the outkick six-pack. Games that kind of stood out to me. uh, The Eagles continue on a roll, getting to 3-0. Jalen Hurts is playing at an incredibly high level. Bengals get their first win of the season against the Jets. Lamar Jackson on the road against the Patriots. He's done very, very well against Bill Belichick. The Bill Belichick hype train uh, continues to uh, to take on more and more difficulty as Brady has had a lot of success since leaving 
New England, and this was going to be the year. Mac Jones, second season, looks like he's significantly injured with a high ankle sprain. Bill Belichick looks like an average coach without one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time uh, behind him. Colts get a big win over the Chiefs. Colts were winless. Titans go on the road in that game. Uh, Those are the ones that, to me, stand out. Tonight, we have got the Cowboys going up against the Giants. I'm on the Giants, believe it or not, to get to 3-0, take down the Cowboys. Cooper Rush still in for Dak Prescott on the road in New York. This will be one of the biggest games the Giants have played uh, in many years as they work their way back with Brian Dayball. I like the Giants to cover that number. Uh, Finally, uh, the Atlanta Braves went and visited the White House uh, today, and they were asked, uh, they get their uh, opportunity to visit the White House. They're playing against the Nationals this weekend. In the White House press briefing room, the White House was asked about the Atlanta Braves and the tomahawk chop, and uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre said that she thought this was an important conversation to have. This has already turned into an issue uh, for, uh, again, Stacey Abrams and Warnock and everybody else. Because, you know, Georgia Bulldogs are really, really popular all over the state of Georgia. Second most popular team in the state of Georgia by far is the Atlanta Braves. People are still fired up over the fact that the Braves were not able to host the All-Star game. Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre says it's important to have a conversation about changing the name of the Atlanta Braves. Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia, who is going to trounce Stacey Abrams in six weeks and a day, says the Braves should always be the Atlanta Braves. Go Braves and keep chopping. Um, But this is a mess for the White House as they continue to step all over themselves. So this uh, conversation in general is an uh, is an intriguing one because it just demonstrates how tone deaf the White House is in general. I'll talk tomorrow about some of the early poll results, but this is my sports reaction to the weekend that was. I appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I'm dodging out here because I'm going to go head out right now. My son has, my sixth grader has his final tackle football game of the season here in about an hour or so. I got to go pick up my kids, run to go watch that game. I think I'll be on Sean Hannity tonight. Uh, looking forward to that as always. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. Let me give you a little bit of a head up, heads up on the schedule. Like I said, I'll be in Clemson for the NC State Clemson game this weekend for Big Noon kickoff. I also will only do shows Monday and Tuesday this week. Uh, so tomorrow is the only outkick show, I think, unless something crazy happens. I'm going up to New York City for Buck Sexton's engagement party Wednesday right after the show. I'll be up in New York City for a couple days, then flying down to South Carolina for that game. I'm on the road everywhere as we get closer to the midterms, college football season, all that going on. I was not on here Thursday and Friday because Wi-Fi wasn't working in my neighborhood. Thank you, Comcast, for managing to screw up two full days and not having Wi-Fi work here. But I do want to echo again, we had such an amazing time. Uh, hanging out with so many of you at the Florida-Tennessee game. Look forward to meeting a lot of uh, OutKick fans, a lot of Clay and Buck fans at the NC State-Clemson game. Thank you guys so much for all the support you're showing OutKick. In uh, a couple of days, we are going to finish the month of September, and it is going to be the biggest month by far for OutKick since I founded the company 
uh, right at 11 years ago now. We are going to have a monster month of audience. I'll share some of that with you. Appreciate everybody's work. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for sharing so much uh, information about what we're doing. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I'm off to sixth grade football.